Welcome writers, game masters, and creatives to the World Builders Tavern. Today we are talking about the graphic novel Nimona by N.D. Stevenson. So if you haven't read this, be aware that there will be spoilers coming up ahead. I'm Emma, your friendly barkeep, along with Allison. Hi! And Christiana. Hello. And we are so happy to have you here today. Cheers! 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 Nimona is a fantasy graphic novel by N.D. Stevenson, an American cartoonist. The story follows Nimona, a shapeshifter, who joins the villain, Ballastar Blackheart, in his plans to destroy the over-controlling Institutes. Blackheart tries to operate under his code of ethics, while Nimona has no problem with killing. The setting mixes magic and technology, and the art style is whimsical and gorgeous. Let's dive right into it. But Allison and Christiana, what did you think of this? Allison, you had read this before, right? This was my pick. Um, it was really fun to read it again because I often don't remember things very well the first time mm-hmm. I read them. Um, and so I knew that I had loved it, but I couldn't like remember exactly what happened. So it was really <laughs> fun to go back and be like, oh yeah, this is why I like this book so much. Yeah. I'm really curious what you two thought. I think we need to stop picking things to cover on the podcast that are going to make me cry. it's so sad and i was like why do we keep doing this to ourselves why are we picking the saddest things uh but i really they're so good yeah that's it i loved it and i love the art style too i'm like obsessed with that art style yeah it was really fun yeah no i thought it was great the first I think like it's divided into little chapters of a few pages each and after the like after the first I think it was the first or second chapter already I was like okay I love this I want to keep going which yeah. is exactly Yay. what you want to do oh, with the glad. beginning of your book <laughs> exactly yeah I loved the art style and I really liked um the uh the typeface there's a comic oh, yeah. book word for that what's the graphic novel word the Font? lettering oh, okay one. <laughs> yeah. um it looks like it's handwritten. It does. I'm not sure if it actually is. I think it might be. I, and so that I found that really neat. That's a lot of work. Yes. Jill, that so. is. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's not, I don't know a ton about graphic novel creation, but I know that that's not like the norm to hand letter. And I think it's I, kind of a no-no probably. Like you usually use fonts and stuff like that, but I really. I don't, don't know if it's a no-no, but I think it's not done that often because it is a ton of work. Yeah. Because if you like find a typo and stuff, then you have to. You can't just go in and erase yeah. it and type it back in. You have to actually like, rewrite it. it. Yeah. Ton of work, but so, yeah, it really works, especially with the art style. It's just it works perfect. really well. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about with the art style in terms of world building? I like the contrast of how like cutesy. So it was sometimes during scenes of intense violence. I'm like, oh. uh, look at Nimona as a cute little rhinoceros breaking down a wall. You know what I mean? Like it was that and just killing thing. a ton of institute <laughs> yeah. soldiers. Yeah, exactly. And not I'm like, oh, about it. look at the fuzzy little bear eating people. Like, <laughs> that kind of contrast I thought was really fun and interesting. But also the fact that it leaned quite hard into that kind of typical cartoonish strange proportions like it wasn't um like some graphic novels you'll see and they are like I don't want to like they're still cartoonish but everything is proportionally kind Mm -hmm. of correct Mm -hmm. this one plays with proportions a lot and I really like that it kind Mm -hmm. of creates like a 
sense of wonder and fantasy. You kind of know you're in a different world because everything is slightly skewed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a more cartoony art style rather than like a gritty, yeah. realistic art style. And that really worked yeah. for the story. Because if you'd had a really gritty, realistic art style, it just wouldn't have like gone with the story. Yeah, this story is weirdly funny mm-hmm. and serious at the same time and you can't really have that juxtaposition with a serious art style i think the yeah. art style really contributes mm-hmm. to that one of the so i had said i like after the first chapter i was hooked and for some reason this is so dumb but one of the things that i loved was right at the beginning nimona is showing Ballister blackheart her shape-shifting abilities and she turns into a shark I was, oh my god, I knew you were going to say that. I was thinking the exact same scene. And the shark has boobs. Because she does. (laughs) For some reason, just like the visual of a shark with boobs is just like, this is so funny. It shows her character. It just was like, yeah. and you can't do, I mean, you maybe could do that with a gritty art style, but it just wouldn't really have landed. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. (laughs) So definitely for world building, like, if you're going to do something visually, having a visual style that matches the tone of your story, I think is super important. (laughs) Yeah. One of the other things I loved about this story is the disability rap. Mm -hmm. Um, So good. There are two ways of handling disability in a fantasy novel, and one is kind of create a society where people having problems with disability doesn't exist. Like, we have a better society where uh, they're just equal and uh, that's not a power imbalance. Mm. And then there's, you can reflect our world a little more in your fantasy society and there is a power imbalance. Um, And this novel reflects our world in that disability obviously isn't accepted because Blackheart gets uh, shoved out of the Institute when he loses his arm, he's no longer a knight or whatever. Mm. I can't remember if knight is the term. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was knight. And so, and um, villains having a disability is a really common trope, um, particularly like physical disabilities that make them look eviler or that make them look scarier. Mm-hmm. And it's not the greatest trope just because it's so common and it really like contributes to villainizing people (laughs) with disability and so this story plays with that concept really well because blackheart isn't actually a villain Mm. um he just looks like one and uh the institute are the real villains in the story and i just love 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 Mm -hmm. how the novel dealt with that well and also the fact that his disability is not what makes him villainous um, in the ways yes. that he's perceived as a villain, but it's his, it's the treatment of that disability, um, yeah. which, which does that, like, you know, he could have been a knight, no problem, there's no reason that he couldn't have been, but they decided that now he wasn't qualified, and, and it was that treatment of him that has now pushed him to the outskirts, where he has to take these kind of, what are seen as villainous measures to try and equalize things, which I think is also an important distinction, um, and, and yeah, it's definitely tricky and probably generally not not advised to have your villain be, you know, disabled or be the only character with a disability. I think it's okay if your villain is disabled. It's just a matter of how you handle it. And there needs to be other disabled characters yeah. than yeah. just your villain. And your villain doesn't, it, sh- it shouldn't make the villain like scary. <laughs> like yeah. a really good example is how Star Wars... 
uh, treats Luke and Darth Vader differently. So, like, when Darth Vader is disabled, he gets this giant black suit and breathes funny. And when Luke is disabled, he gets this very human-looking hand mm. that you can't really tell is mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. from yeah. his regular hand. And uh, I think that's a really great commentary on kind of how villains have been treated. And I say this yeah. as a, an avid Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean they did everything perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Nimona kind of plays with that concept, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like the fact that, so what you were touching on, Allison, we're saying like your your options are kind of like society has moved past having barriers and disabilities yeah. aren't really a thing, right? Because disabilities only exist because society allows it. Right. Like if everything yeah. was always accessible, no one would realistically be considered disabled. Right. If every space was truly accessible to them. Right. Um, and I think that it makes the Institute even more evil that they live in this world with all of this magic and all of this technology and they could remove all of these barriers. Yeah. It's not even like, a, well, there's only so much physically we can do. It's like, a, no, we could do all of it, but we're choosing not to. Instead, we're going to yep. kick you out. You know what I mean? That bit to me, I was like, <laughs> <Yeah. "Ugh." laughs> evil, evil institutes. Yes. Uh, I also loved the romance between Blackheart and... Yes. Uh, who was the hero's name? Gil. Something. Golden Lion. There we go. It's like, gold. Gold. Something. Yeah. <laughs> something flourishy and obviously good character. Yeah. Um, I thought that was lovely. They obviously had enemies to lovers trope. Yep. Yes. Uh, and that's kind of what this is, sort of like they were lovers before. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then enemies, enemies, and then they kind yeah. of maybe lovers again. again. Yeah. Lovers. Yeah. And then I just. Yeah. My one <laughs> slight critique of that is, as a queer person, I'm so sick of like a lot of people call it queer baiting. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening here, mm. but the concept of like hinting at the idea that your character is gay but never actually confirming it because right. then gay people yeah, like yeah, yeah. and i so my one little thing with it was like in the epilogue i was mm. like kiss each other kiss each other confirm it confirm <laughs> it in some way i need confirmation like yes yeah that's my more. one little thing if you're gonna did they kiss in the end or no no they hold no hands, no okay which yeah. is yeah it was it well, or they had their arms around each other. So it's a little bit yeah. more, but, like, it's still... It could have been more overt. I mean, I I, I do feel like it was pretty obvious, but I, I also like so agree too, with Christian yeah. that it could have been it could have been more. Yeah, yeah. I it's think, still in that, I think like... if you're going to have queer characters, like, don't be afraid to say the word queer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, be yeah. like, I am gay. I am in love with a man. And then, like, <laughs> like, I don't care if you beat me over the head with it. I'm still going to be really pumped to see my community represented, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes that's kind of done to get it past um, censors or, or you know, like I'm thinking yeah. of the sort of, you know, the, the uh, in Legend of Korra at the very end where um, the two female love interests kind of, you know, hold hands and turn towards each other, but don't quite kiss. And it's like, that's the only way that they were allowed to get it aired. So... Oh, and yeah. people complained. Yeah. About oh, yeah. That. People were and still we're very upset mad. about it. It's like, uh, so on, yeah. It's it's also of that like we're still in that. Unfortunately, society yeah. still seems to be in that transitional place where it's like we want more yeah. representation, but a lot of people who control the strings of what's allowed to get made uh, get to dictate how much of that is allowed to be seen. 
So, but... I do think it's getting better. Yes. Like, I see that all the time yeah. on, like, literary agents' wish lists. This was published in 2015. Yeah, that's kind of... Um, this so probably would have been fairly on the solid representation change. in 2015. Yeah. 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 But definitely, if... if And for sure, if, you know, if there is none... Like, if it, you're self-publishing, if it's something where you are in control, like, definitely, you know... Don't be yeah. afraid to say. Don't gay. be afraid to show it. Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to well, say. I'm, gay. I'm just looking at the front, and I see it says typography by Aaron Fitzsimmons, and now I'm wondering if that is mm. they use the word typography. So maybe it is just a font. It could be. That's it could cool. be also, you know, how you do like a you change your handwriting into a font. So it could be yep. that it was oh, yeah. handwritten, yeah. and then they made it. Either way, anyway. Great, but anyway, the great but... a great choice of font to go to go yes. whatever the way it was done. <laughs> yes. Something else I loved about Nimona was the villain versus the hero and who's really the villain. Mm. Um I think it would it's neat to think about what actually makes somebody a villain because it's obviously not calling themselves one <laughs> because yeah. Blackheart is obviously the hero. Um, and the Institute are kind of the evil ones, but they appear as good to the public, and the public is really outraged when they find out that the Institute has been doing all this terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious what you guys think about Nimona. You think she's a villain? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, because I think a lot of the time... I guess it's kind of like morally gray characters, right? They sometimes do good things. They sometimes do bad things. But what makes some yeah. a protagonist a hero in my mind when I'm consuming media is what their end goal is. Like, mm. I, I'm okay with a hero killing a bunch of people if mm. it means liberating society. Mm. And I don't care if a villain is super helpful and kind if their goal is to oppress a group of people mm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that that's what makes them evil it's not because they have they're a vegetarian and they have 50 pet cats <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i think it's kind of that end goal but i feel like i'm not 100 certain what nimona's end goal was here mm. yeah mm-hmm. i'm not sure either because she seems very mad Mm -hmm. she's very angry Mm -hmm. about society and unfairness Mm -hmm. like well this isn't okay look at the institute they're doing all these horrible things but then she's also like you need to rule blackheart like let's take over the world (laughs) together yeah Yeah. um and so i'm not sure i don't know if i would call her a hero or a villain it's hard to say i feel like her character is um just very immature which i think is contrasted like she and i think one of the sad things is that you know she and blackheart do part ways at the end um Mm -hmm. which is tragic not only because we like the two characters together but also because now i kind of wonder how nimona's story is gonna go without having that more mature influence because i could see her becoming a complete super villain you know, if she gives it, yep. if she, you know, nurtures that part of herself, but she could also, you know, learn 
compassion and empathy and grace and that sort of thing if given the opportunity so i think we're kind of seeing the contrast of the mature villain quote unquote you know the mature person fighting for justice which is blackheart and then sort of the immature person doing that which is nimona um yeah and it kind of comes from their motivations too right like Blackheart is doing this because he sees injustice. He has experienced injustice and he wants to fix that. Nimona is doing I it mean, because yeah. she's been she's been wronged and she's pissed about it. You know what I mean? Like there's mm, like yes. a different kind of there's a different even though even if they have the same goal to bring down the institution, they're coming at it from very, very different perspectives. One is about mm-hmm. justice, one is about revenge. And those mm-hmm. are two very different that can cause you to act in very different ways. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that their backstories are a bit similar, though. Like, they've both yeah. been mistreated yep. badly, yep. and they've responded to it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really great way to write your characters, FYI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's two characters responding to the world in different ways like they've both kind of been mistreated for the same reason which is you're different Mm -hmm. we're afraid of you and therefore we're going to treat you poorly is kind of what's been set up Mm -hmm. as the society in this world yeah and it's so both of those characters interacting with that in different ways which is really what you want your world building to do is give your characters things to interact with and they do a great job yeah (laughs) i think blackheart i'm thinking about one specific scene and so i'm thinking blackheart wants to bring down the institution to bring justice nimona wants to bring down the institution because she doesn't want to get hurt again Mm. and why she Mm. turns and attacks blackheart in the end is because she said there's only one person left who could hurt me and i don't think she meant that in a i'm scared you're gonna shoot me way i think she meant that in a i'm scared you're gonna leave me way yep yeah, like her afraid. parents did, and she's afraid, yeah. so she's like scared and lashing out. Yeah, and that th- those are always super, super interesting characters yeah. to me because I think we have all been there before. We've all yep. been a teenager, right? You know, like when <laughs> you're frustrated with something happening at school, and so you just like take it out on your safe person. So you're yep. just like, mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to you, mom. And it's not actually about anything <laughs> your mom said. It's about whatever happened at school that day, kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's like that's such a relatable frustration. Mm-hmm. It's a very childlike response, and yet we do this all the time as adults. Yep. Yeah. Like we make decisions out of fear. Yep. So I think it works. Yeah. Um, both ways. And I think we see that Blackheart wants to make it so nobody is hurt, and Nimona is just focused on her not being hurt. Like she's fine yeah. being in power oh, and yeah. hurting other people as long as she's okay. Yeah. And that's also one of the kind of differences <laughs> between their between their philosophies, I think. I, I do like the kind of painting her as morally gray, because you kind of do have these three sort of sides. You have the bad guy, who seems like a good guy. You have the good guy, who seems like a bad guy. And then you have the person who is truly bad and good mixed together, which is a very kind of cool way to set up your character. Yeah. yeah so we haven't really mentioned golden golden lion <laughs> yeah <laughs> golden lion um who is sort of the third facet of this reaction to injustice mm-hmm. he has sort of been on the peripheral of receiving injustice in that his boyfriend um he saw his boyfriend mistreated um but hasn't really been on the end of it himself um, until the institutes he starts to get a little whiff 
of the Institute being willing to throw him away mm. um, in this story when he gets like relegated to um, just guarding something at some point because they don't trust him yeah. to deal with Blackheart anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so he starts to be like, oh, now it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I need to think a little bit more <laughs> yeah. about how they treated Blackheart. Mm-hmm. And maybe that wasn't fair. Because mm-hmm. I assume up to this point, he's been thinking Blackheart kind of got what he deserved and became a villain. And it was his choice to do that. And he's evil and I'm good. So mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Um, and he actually has to like confront that misconception in this novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's also a good example of like another kind of trope I guess I like to see in movies is when you have someone who who's just kind of going along with orders for a long time yeah. until they get a really bad order and then it mm, caught so yeah. and they they start to push back and they say no I'm not going to do that but then they have to reflect and live with the fact that they've been doing that mm-hmm. this whole time and that can that can really facilitate a lot of character growth right Mm-hmm. Where, oh, when it's someone I don't know, I'll just do it. Whatever. It's not my fault. I was just told to do it. And then when it's someone they know, they start realizing, oh, man, I've done, I've done this to a whole lot of people. Right? <laughs> yep. That's and that isn't that truly kind of like the power of speculative fiction to get kind of more meta for a second. But that just we get to see things through a personal lens because you're not going to experience every injustice yourself, but it's through, you know, fiction that we get to experience those things and become more yeah. empathetic people, which is amazing. So everybody read more fiction and watch yeah. more TV. It'll make you a better Actually, person. One of my, I, I was just thinking when Christiana was talking, oh, that's what, that's like one of my favorite character arcs from the show, the dragon prince. Um, the character Soren mm. is that sort of goes along with his father's orders until his father asks him to kill some innocent people. And then he's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then his arc goes off the rails. And so, yeah, I, I really like that character development. I feel like as well. you see it in Star Wars a lot too, like multiple times with the, in the clone. Wars mm. series, yeah, kind of like that's like kind of Ahsoka's arc at one point, a little oh, bit. So good, and yeah. Then... Well, I mean, the reason she leaves the Jedi is kind of she's been disenfranchised by what they're trying to yeah, do, exactly, or yeah. what they say they're doing mm-hmm. and what they're yeah. actually doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. What? actually, the the Jedi kind of seem a lot like the Institute in this book, which is a cool <laughs> thing for me to say as a big giant fan of Star Wars. But it is a good example of, like, everyone holds up the Jedi. It's like, these are the greatest people in the world. They're the peacekeepers of our universe. But it's like, they go around and kidnap children and take them <laughs> from their parents and, and force yeah. them to fight each other for 18 years. Like, that's uh-huh. so messed up. <laughs> and they get involved in a war, which peacekeepers no, should that's not, not what you're, be yeah. leading armies <laughs> in a war. Yeah. Uh, one other aspect of the world building that I really loved in this was the mix of technology and magic. And even like technology and time period, because it kind of seems to be set in that sort of traditional medieval fantasy. But then you've also got Mm -hmm. guns and computer screens and, you know, so it's not even like it's steampunk, but it truly is just a mixture of like, 
modern or even like futuristic technology with a medieval setting and with magic and i love that i thought it, it worked really well for me what did you guys think i adored it too i think science fantasy is difficult mm -hmm. so it's hard to find that balance and noelle stevenson did a really good job and a lot of it is just through pictures too mm -hmm. like a lot of it that's all it is the world building is just there it doesn't really have yeah, I don't know. It was just meshed together so seamlessly. Yeah. I didn't really think about it until exactly. you mentioned it. I'm like, oh yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> I I think um, part, so I can't think, I'm trying to think in my head of another story that has time periods and technology and magic and everything all mixed up like this. And I can't think of one off the top um, of my final, head. The Final Fantasy franchise, oh, okay. the video game franchise, does a really good job yeah. of that too. Okay. Um, also, a lot of the games are science fantasy. And kind of but, Star Wars, like to bring it back there again, they yeah. also kind of do that? A little bit, but that, that's so not our world. I think why this one is so yeah, interesting is because it's, yeah. it's still kind of obviously our world. Yeah. Um, and but Star why Wars is it, very obviously like futuristic whereas this is very obviously like medieval yeah i don't know that well, star, star trek is, is like obviously futuristic. retro like some of the planets retro are very futuristic yeah yeah that's true it's 80s futuristic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like a whole other thing now yeah yeah um, but anyway um, back to the book we're actually talking about <laughs> yes i think i think why this worked so well is because of the format of a graphic novel mm. because mm -hmm, you just yeah. have to see a pretty image of Blackheart typing on a computer and you go, okay, he's using a computer. Yeah. Whereas if this was like a movie, you'd be like, wait a second. Why does that keyboard look like that? Why does that screen look like that? Why is, how did they have this? Where are the power outlets? I don't see any power outlets. In the you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you, I mean, I think it could work in a movie. And I think it, it, it could. It has. I'm sure it there would are just be, I think it would just be harder. Yes. Whereas in a graphic yeah. novel, you're kind of, since you're only seeing little snapshots of it and it moves so fast and dialogue and stuff tends to move so fast in graphic novels, you don't have like a, as much time to start picking it apart and being like, wait a second, mm, how would yeah. that work, right? You're staring at the scene for 10 seconds instead of like five minutes and then. Yeah, yeah exactly. Also, I was also I, I was will... also thinking of that because I was like, this would be really hard to do in a novel. Like if you were writing, the knight walked into the room and a laser shot at him. Like it would just be, very, yeah. it would be again. I'm you can you can pretty much do anything. I'm sure people have pulled it off, but it would be a lot harder again. And I think it's because of the art style. Like again, the art style is already cartoony, yeah. where we know we're gonna stretch kind of the bounds of what is realistic. Like in Looney Tunes, somebody runs off a cliff and then hovers in air for 30 seconds and then falls. <laughs> yeah. And you don't blink an eye because yeah. that's just the rules of cartoons, which I think also yeah. works in this story. Yeah. I love that Blackheart just pulls out this big-ass gun for one of their... <laughs> and just, like, blows up this wall of this yeah. bank that they're robbing. Yeah. It's just Where like, were you keeping I that? Loved, <laughs> yeah. I loved the little sound effect for it, too. It was like, choom. And I was like, that's exactly how I would imagine that gun sounding in my head. That was, like, such a... Instead of, like, pew or whatever. I, I'm glad that they went uh, with choom. I love the weird words you can put in graphic novels. <laughs> oh, so I know. Much fun. Uh, so good. I will interject for a second just to do a correction for earlier. I think we were saying that he was Sir Golden Lion. It's Sir Golden Loin. Oh, oh. Sir Golden Loin. That's even that's, better. Yeah. That's <laughs> right, because.
because he has the very prominent gold cod piece that he always wears. Oh yeah, that people are like, oh, yes. what is that really high? Yeah. Be that big. Who yeah. does he think he is? Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So this this graphic novel really is a masterclass in I think using your format to the or that your. What word am I looking for? Not genre. Is format the right yeah, media format? format? Yeah, yeah. Format. using your format to like the best of its ability. Like this yes. truly does graphic novel so well. And this is a story that, as we've said multiple times, would not really work in any other format, which I think is a great way to kind of, if you have a story you want to tell and you're not sure how you want to tell it, just think about like, what is the best way to showcase? Which way can you not, what format, mm-hmm. yeah, what format is the best? And like, can you tell the story in another format or which one is really going to bring out the best oh man if they made Nimona into a cartoon oh, that'd be so I, would watch watch that. That. <laughs> I would watch that in a heartbeat uh okay this is probably a good time to go into our proprietor's pick Yay! and man i make my life difficult <laughs> um what is like I this book a... <laughs> alice i know i i really gave myself some work by being like i'm gonna showcase upcoming books that are like this, and there's just nothing like Nimona, you guys. It's really unique. Our proprietor's pick is just reading Nimona again. Yeah, just read it again. Read it. I did time. pick a novel. So my favorite things about Nimona were the disability rep and the themes of friendship. So I keyed in mm. on those for this recommendation. If you like those, you might also like The Tea Dragon Society by Kay O'Neill. And I'm cheating because this was not published this year. <gasps> the first book it was published in 2017, and then it's got three novels, and I read them all, and they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I actually have read these, and I'm recommending Ooh. them. After discovering a lost tea dragon in the marketplace, Greta learns about the dying art form of tea dragon caretaking from the kind tea shop owners, Ezekiel and Eric. As she befriends them and their shy ward, Minette, Greta sees how the craft enriches their lives, and eventually her own. Person finds a magical creature and has to learn how to take care of it is one of my favorite so tropes. Good. I just it's I so warm and fuzzy. Just I love it. Say. I want um, I want to find tea a dragon. <laughs> the tea dragons are adorable. Aww. You guys, they're so cute. And they make like they they grow leaves that you can then make into Aww, tea. My, I want oh, one. That's so cute. <laughs> um so I will say this is more like um slice of life. Like, it's, okay. it's slower. It's not as, like, action-packed as Nimona is. It's a very different feel. Um, but the disability rep is amazing. It's got a character with a wheelchair and uh, one with anxiety and just all sorts of things. And uh, it's really... It's just sort of like a really calming, sort of easy story that you might expect from something called the tea dragon society <laughs> yeah. so highly recommend what's the um target age of this series i feel like it's adults oh, okay Teen. i'm not sure i think teens would enjoy it i don't know if it would be directed at kids okay i mean a kid could read it but i i feel like yeah. i was its target audience <laughs> okay so, so ya slash <laughs> yeah. a yeah nice. i definitely want to read that 
my, you make my to read list so much longer, Allison. It's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I was just mission say, accomplished. <laughs> every episode, I'm like, add it to the list. Yeah, yeah, mine is so long too. Because like, I'm adding these to mine as well. Because I haven't read most of these. Because mostly, I do books that are coming up or have just been published. Yeah. So I'm also like, I have to read this now. There's a very good chance that some of these will be covered in future seasons of podcasting. Once yeah. we all yeah. them. <laughs> so. Yep. Keep listening, people. And with that, I think we're going to do last call and pose our concluding questions or thoughts that all you world builders should consider when building your worlds. Allison, start us off here. I will hone in on if you're going to do disability rep in your novel, because I'm really passionate about that. Um, so I will say if you have a villain with a disability... Make sure that the disability isn't there just for fear factor um, or just to make them look scarier or for them to the heroes to be more afraid of them that they just have a disability and are living with it like any other character and make sure that your there are other characters with disabilities as well as your villain. I would say also think about mixing elements in your world. So again, one of the things I really liked about Nimona was the mix of magic and tech and futuristic mm. stuff. So I would say think about pieces from different Earth historical time periods you can weave together, elements of both magic and technology you can have in your story. You know, the world is yours to make up. That's the whole fun of world building. So you can be as fanciful mm -hmm. as you like and you aren't beholden to historical or scientific accuracy. So have fun with it. Have a yeah. giant gun that can blow up a wall. <laughs> yeah. Every story and should then have ride a giant out on a dragon. Gun, yeah. <laughs> I think my advice would be that humor is really hard to do well. It is mm. so hard to do humor right because everyone has a different sense of humor, right? Mm. Um, so there's a tendency to kind of avoid it sometimes, I think, or only have like a little quip here and there and I get it. It's hard to do. Um, but sometimes it is exactly what your story needs. Like, don't be afraid mm -hmm. to be silly and mm -hmm. have fun and make jokes and have a shark with boobs in your story. <laughs> like, sometimes that's exactly what it needs. Uh, and if you include a giant gun and a shark with boobs, your story will Yeah, there it. you go. We guarantee it. That's actually how we rank our the things we cover in this podcast. Yeah, Did it have a giant forward. gun? Did it have a shark with boobs? Does have a big gun and shark with yeah. boobs list? <laughs> Uh, well, that was great. I loved talking about this graphic novel. Listeners, uh, you should definitely check it out. And if you do, if you read it, if you have any thoughts about the story or the world building, definitely send us a tweet or an email. All of our contact information is in the show notes. Follow us on social media. Support us on Patreon. And for now, that's closing time. Thank you so much for joining us at the Tavern. We hope to serve you here again soon. Now scram. Get out. Bye. Yeah.